Welcome to this week's episode of the Three Man Booth Podcast. I am your host, Hunter McGoy, joined once again, sitting across from the desk at the palatial Three Man Booth Recording Studio, one Mr. Adam Howe. Adam, how are you doing today? Good, buddy. I think I finally surpassed you in Twitter followers. And As you should. Yeah, 135, mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> uh so, Adam, I got a question for you. you know, neither of us were drafted or picked as free agents in the draft. How are you feeling about that? I was really sad about it. I was ready to go. Put me in the game, coach. Yeah, me you too. Know? How about you? Um, expected. Where would you want to get drafted? NXT. <laughs> um, <laughs> that wasn't an option. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, SmackDown, whatever. Yeah, they're going to do some stuff yeah. right now. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I, Adam, once again, proving that he is the hardest working man in podcasting. I uh, was able to get us some time with uh, the baddest man alive, Aaron Williams. Uh, Adam and I are familiar with him from our uh, trips out to Dayton and the Rockstar Pro shows. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and get right to that and uh, let you listen to um, uh, Adam and just, or Aaron, sorry, Adam. Aaron answers some questions from Adam and I and just kind of get into the mindset of what it takes and life is like as an independent wrestler. All right, everybody. Adam and I are joined by uh, the baddest man alive, Aaron Williams. Uh, thanks for joining us, Aaron. And just uh, always the first question I kind of ask anybody is, uh, what drew you into wanting to be a professional wrestler? Or is there a specific wrestler that made you say, I want to do that? Um, I think what, uh, well, first, thanks for having me on, guys. It's, uh, it's uh, very cool of you. Uh, most people don't want to talk to me because they usually think I'm kind of crazy. But uh, I appreciate it. Uh, anyway, uh, back into the, uh, the question at hand, I think what really drew me in to professional wrestling as a whole is, uh, I think Randy Savage, actually, I think, uh, it was him who I was listening to, or I was watching as I was sitting on my floor as a child, uh, eating cereal and, uh, listening to him on superstars cut promos about Hulk Hogan and he was very colorful and flashy and I mean it's Randy Savage you know he draws your attention uh, I think the uh, person that really made me want to be a professional wrestler is I mean you probably hear it all the time from guys uh, in my uh, in my age range uh, was Shawn Michaels Um, mainly because I think I was growing up and everybody was talking and huge you know big dudes like uh savage and and hogan not savage as much but hogan and and vader and andre the giant and and you know big big massive dudes and then uh, along comes uh sean and, and brett and uh guys like that and i believe it was uh it was definitely Shawn michaels who who stood out to me and made me be like you know what i think uh you don't have to be a massive dude to do this, so I think I can do this, so I'm going to do this. That's, that's pretty much where that started. Um, what were some of your uh, goals starting out when you 
when you first started, hey, I want to be a wrestler, what was your main goal when you first started? <laughs> uh, my my very first goal uh, as a professional wrestler um, when I finished my training was, uh, I guess I got to get signed and be WWE champion so I could break Randy Orton's youngest champion record. Obviously, <laughs> that uh, that didn't really go as, as planned. Um, but I think, uh, like anybody, um, when I told my dad that, uh, that I wanted to be a professional wrestler, uh, his reply was, will be the best one you can be. So that's really been my, uh, my overall goal uh, is to be the best one that I could be. I feel like, I, you know, I'm never going to completely achieve that goal, but I think I have achieved uh, a lot of goals that I didn't really uh, see I would, would achieve. Um, uh, one of my goals was to wrestle in, in the HWA, Heartland Wrestling Association out of uh, Cincinnati. Uh, which I did. Then one of my goals became uh, to be the HWA champion, and then I was. And then one of my goals became uh, to participate in the best of the best tournament for CZW, and then I did. And then one of my goals was to participate in uh, the Ted Petty Invitational, and then I did, and I won it twice. Um, so, I mean, my goals are, like, ever-changing. Um, but uh, I think my first, uh, my other than the, the Randy Orton goal that uh, I obviously didn't, I didn't do. Um, I think just not having a sucky match was probably my first goal. <laughs> do you have any uh, new goals? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, one of my new goals is to get signed to one of these like six professional wrestling companies in national or in Northern America or in yeah North America that has uh, that has a large amount of followers and a large amount of, of television. That's, uh, that's my goals. Um, uh, to get there is going to be a little more difficult, but right now we're just, uh, going one day at a time trying to take it as many, uh... All right. Looks like we had a little bit of a break up there, but I think we're, I think we're through it. Um, so I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I currently know all your stuff mainly from Rockstar and, and you know, seeing some of the, the cool stuff you did, uh, you know, a few months ago or late last year with, with Dave. And um, now it looks like your, your, your current uh, vibe is kind of a, an homage to Clockwork Orange. Uh, was there a catalyst for going with that look or? Uh... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of deep. Um... If, if you're willing to go on this little journey with me. Um, when I, when I started wrestling, I was basically, uh, pretty much a white meat baby face, you know, like, uh, you know, pump my fist, uh, come on. Yeah. And, uh, let's go baby and stuff like that. And, uh, I was pretty much that for a pretty long time. And then I started to embrace my, uh, my martial arts side of my life and, uh, became more of a, uh, strike based, uh, wrestler and everything like that. Uh, but to, to fast forward and get to the to the clockwork orange stuff, um, I had some uh, some pretty devastating things happen in my in my personal existence, and it kind of like went around and went into my professional business as well. And you know, it just kind of made me like kind of change the way uh, I looked at things. Um, and I kind of uh, I guess in a weird way, it kind of like kind of broke me a little bit. You know, kind of snapped me. Um, and then I kind of decided that, uh, if, uh, 
if I'm going to, to continue to, to do this, I'm going to do it in the most natural and pure way that I possibly can. So um, I started taking more of a, um, a liking to the devastating things of, uh, of life and professional wrestling. And it kind of started with uh, uh, last year, actually, at, at Horrorcore for uh, Rockstar Pro. Um, I was wrestling in a match with Dustin Rays and Larry D in a triple threat dog collar match. And I just recently turned this ideology on and I really wanted people to understand that this was a switch in, in my mindset and, and what I am and everything. Uh, so I kind of put it upon myself to be like, all right, what can I do that will really make it switch? And the, uh, uh if you've seen Clockwork Orange, you know that that, that kid, like he, I mean, they're obviously all very violent people and, and everything like that, but they drink this, uh, this, this milk plus is what they call it. And it kind of like, like kind of puts them in a whole new perspective in a way, like kind of amps up their, uh, their violent tendencies and so on and so forth. And I, I kind of looked at that as a somewhat of a break, almost like, uh, what I had, uh, uh, envisioned my character going through. So, uh, I was like, Oh, well then I'll just, uh, I'll kind of, I'll do that. I'll embody that. So I did that and I just really liked it. So I kind of just kept doing it in different forms and so on and so forth. And that has kind of created what I do now. I've just kind of embraced that, uh, that aspect of, of it and kind of embraced the character and, and everything like that. And I'm really having a, having a pretty dang good time with it. All right. Very cool story. Thanks for sharing that one. Uh, so what would you think, or what do you think, or you feel so far is your best in-ring experience? Oh, wow, man. That is a, that is a tough one. Um, because I've, I've had so many really cool ones and so many really good ones. Um, uh, I mean, obviously like, uh, like I said, some of those goals that I have, uh, that I kind of set myself out to do achieving them is, is in course, of course, incre- incredible. Uh, winning the HWA title when I, you know, watched uh, uh, incredible guys before me do it, like Nigel McGinnis and uh, Cody Hawk, Chad Collier, Matt Stryker, uh, John Moxley, uh, you know, just a ton of guys uh, who, who wore that strap as well. So that was obviously a very cool moment for me. Uh, winning the TPI was, was, was huge because the people who, who won it before me, like, uh, you know, Matt Seidel, Loki, and, uh, uh, you know, like just Chris Hero, uh, you know, Drake Younger, all, all those dudes. So all that was very, very cool, too. Honestly, for me, though, now that I'm, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it, um, I really think uh, Dave and I in the casket match from uh, Seven was probably a pretty big moment for me. Um because of the the history that Dave and I have, we've known each other for a very long time. We've had uh, good times and, and terrible times. Um, uh, it was almost like a feel for me once we we did that match. So it was it was a lot more than just wrestling. It was almost like a 
a breath of fresh air um, in a weird way. Uh, so that one's that one's like really really cool. Um, and there's there's so many though. It's it's really really hard to uh, to say. So I mean, ah, gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you like you guys have been watching me for a year or so? Uh, like, what do you what do you uh, what do you think some of my best moments have been? Hey man, that match you just had with Crew was a hell of a match, man. That's probably my favorite yeah. Rockstar match I've seen. Yeah, nice. I'm very very glad to hear that. Crew's good, man. He's gonna be he's gonna be real good one day. Um, I think he just needs to. Uh, He's like one of those. There's a lot of guys down there right now, which I'm sure uh, when I was a young guy uh, coming in, a lot of people said the same thing about me. But uh, he's going to be really, really good when he really finds himself. You know, like he's good now, but there's going and there's a lot of guys like that. They're good now, but once they really find themselves, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be something that they just can't they can't turn off you know and that's uh it's exciting to see uh other guys like that and and, uh i I really like uh enjoy um getting to work with crew and and everything like that i thought we did something pretty cool so i'm really really glad to hear that you enjoyed it yeah um let's go the other end of the spectrum what is your (laughs) your worst in-ring experience oh that was pretty (laughs) That one's a lot easier, actually. I mean, there's been there's been some pretty bad ones, but uh, I think probably the the one that takes the cake though was tearing my ACL. I mean, that happened in a match. That was awful. Um, I went to do uh, a moonsault on a guy, and uh, instead of rolling out of the way or moving and getting up or just laying there and taking it like you know like you know whatever, but apparently you know couldn't do that. So he rolls over and he starts to do a push-up. So when he's doing the push-up, I'm coming down and my left knee hits his back and it just goes off like a gunshot, man. Just snapped my ACL right there. It was terrible. Um, let's see. The multiple times I've gotten my nose broke in the middle of a match kind of sucks. <laughs> One of those happened recently. <laughs> Were you guys there for that? that uh, no, unfortunately, yeah. we're, no, we're not in Dayton, so we can only make, like, the, the Friday eye pay-per-views. We're out. We're based out of Columbus. Oh, wow. Okay. Right on. Right on. So we, we go once a month for your eye, your pay-per-views. They've blown us away every time so far. Nice. I'm very I'm very glad that you guys uh, take your time to come all the way out there. I know that's a, it's a, it's a pretty good little trip. The first um, time I saw you and your character, the music, I told Hunter, like, we got to get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very glad, man. I'm very glad you guys enjoy what I do. And uh, I appreciate you, what you guys do. Like, as, uh, like I said before, we started uh, uh, doing the, the live feed or the uh, recording or whatever. I really enjoy doing stuff like this. I, I feel like it's a, uh, it's, it's a good way just to, you know, talk and, talk about the thing i love the most which is uh, professional wrestling um it has consumed um my my entire existence sometimes it was actually funny the other day because uh, I, I there's like a part of me that wants to train it wants to train people um and i got the opportunity to however the person who was giving me the opportunity is like two hours away so and they wanted to do monday and tuesday currently my my wrestling schedule. I have a, a 
a real job that I that I do. We call it shoot job. I got a shoot job um, <laughs> that I do currently, um, and it goes from Monday to Friday. So Monday I, I work till about four, and uh, from Monday to Friday that's how it is. Uh, after that, from Wednesday to about usually Sunday, I wrestle too. So I get off work, I get in the car, I go to a show. Get off work, get in the car, go to a show. Get off work, get in the car, go to a show. And Saturday I have like a little bit of free time, and then I go to a show, depending on where the show is. It might take my whole day to get to the show. And then Sunday, sometimes I, I, I work on Sundays too. Um, so then I would have literally Monday and Tuesday off. So he's like, uh, he's like, well, I kind of figure I can switch it up a little bit, and we can do training on Monday and Tuesday, and then, you know, you can have the rest of your, your booking week. And I'm sitting there, and as he's talking to me, I'm thinking, okay, so I work Monday to Friday, and then I wrestle from Wednesday to Sunday. So Monday and Tuesday are my only days that I have to just do human stuff. But I think I can make this work. <laughs> like, it was literally the thought that I had. Uh, but luckily, a cooler head prevailed and was like, Listen, dude, you're already going on like, like, like just zero to zero to Aaron. It is not. It's just it's, that's it. It's like you are going all the time. You cannot do this to yourself. So, cooler heads did prevail on that one. But the wrestling consumes me so much that 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 was an actual thought that I had. It's pretty funny. Okay, so picking back off that just a little bit, what do you think the the biggest misconception? Uh, fans would have about uh, independent wrestling or independent wrestlers? Man, um, that is tough. Uh, I, well, I mean, one, we don't make that much money. So if you think we make a lot of money, we don't. Uh, we Most of us do this for the love of doing it. Most of us do it for, like, I can speak for myself, and I could say that, you know, I spent most of my adult life getting, you know, getting where I am. So now I'm trying to enjoy what I'm doing. And I still remember being a kid and going to shows or watching on TV and, and remembering the feeling that, that the performers gave me. And I want to give that to somebody else. So it's like literally a, it's a, it's a labor of love and a lot of, uh, and a lot of, for instances, um, and as far as professional wrestlers go, like us in general, like we can talk, I can only speak for myself, really. And that is, I, I go all the time. I am constantly, I mean, like everything I do is, I mean, wow, I'm not just now really, really thinking of this and, and everything. But everything I do really is, is for professional wrestling at this point in my life. Like I work so I can have a job, so I can pay my bills, which means are, which means I can get in and then, you know, do what I love to do. It's like everything um, is kind of pushing professional wrestling. And, and some guys have it a little easier than others. Some guys like have, uh, you know, some guys are young. They still live with their, you know, their parents or whatever, and they can, they can push the pedal as hard as they want. But a lot of us uh, older guys uh, that's been doing it for a while, this is like, um, this is, this is our lives. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know if that's a misconception. Um, uh, but, uh, one misconception that I can say personally is, is, uh, merch costs money. 
<laughs> like I would love to have every size of everything. I would love to always be able to like uh, pull out my bag and be like, yeah, I got shirts. I got, to, I got stuff. But unfortunately, all that stuff costs money, and sometimes we don't have money. <laughs> so, so when I don't have your shirt size, I am truly sorry. I really wish I did, but it's going to take me a while to get one. <laughs> so Coming off of that, <laughs> what's your what's your oddest or craziest fan interaction? Oh man! Besides me stalking you on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> brother, that's nothing. <laughs> um, whew. Oh gosh, those are a lot. Those are there's a there's a lot of those too. Um, I mean, this one's not like weird or anything. It's it's actually kind of cool. But I've always like I always look back on it. That was one of my very positive fan interactions, which was uh, a mother um, one time messaged me uh, begging me to come to her her daughter's birthday party. And I mean, I kind of, I was like, man, this is kind of weird. Like I'm nobody. Like, I don't know why somebody would want me to come to their birthday party or whatever. Um, and, uh, but eventually I was like, well, you know, okay, well, you know, I, it was actually oddly, it was like one of those random times that I was doing a double shot. So I was in one town in the morning and then I was in another town at night. And it just so happened that, that her birthday party was in between. So I was like, well, if it's between this time and this time, I can probably stop by for a quick second. And uh, she was like, oh, that'd be great. You know, she, she so I did. And uh, the little girl saw me walk in and I saw that it was my my eight by ten on her cake. Like they printed it out on her cake. And she acted as if I was Bret Hart in 1993 walking into that, <laughs> that, uh, that little skating rink. I was I was blown away it was so it was such a it was it was a very cool thing um like but i've had some really really weird fan interactions uh online mainly they're mainly online um and they are usually uh, one time somebody asked me to wear a pair of socks for a week and send them to them that was a pretty weird but, oh. you know. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> this just got weird. Yeah. And, and on that, hey, you, we'll go ahead and... you guys, you guys asked for a weird one. That was. Did you true. do it? Did you do it? Uh, we don't make a lot of money, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll take that one. All right. Last question before we let you get out of here. And again, appreciate your time. Uh, what's been your favorite moment in wrestling? And it, it can be yours or just anything else. Um, shoot, man. Um, I, don't... Whew. I think the boyhood dream is probably going to stick out for me as uh, as like the moment. Because that was like the moment for me when I was like, yeah, I can do this. I think this, this can be my world. I, so I think in spite of like all the very, very cool moments I've had, um, I think that one would be like, if you just asked me, all right, Aaron, wrestling moments, what hooked you? And that would be it. Um, and that's one I think I'm always going to go back to. I think I've watched the Iron Man match probably like 12 times. So I've given like a, like a half, a half a day to the Iron <laughs> Man match. Um, <laughs> probably more than that, honestly, but that's just a, a rough, a rough draft. Um, 
I think, uh, like for me personally, I think either one of the TPI wins would be uh, would be up there for me. So um, you can watch those on uh, Independent Wrestling TV as well, and Smart Mark mm-hmm. Video, all that jazz. So sweet. Yeah. All right, I, I'm sure everybody is, but if you're not, uh, follow Aaron on Twitter at Planet Williams One. Uh, any other uh, plugs you'd like to get in, Aaron? Um, I, I, I am. I do do the Twitter, but I'm not very good at it. Uh, if you have advice for me on doing Twitter, please. Uh, or if you just want to have a conversation with me on Twitter, just do it so I'll be using Twitter more. That would be great. Um, I'm much better at the Instagram, which is just Planet Williams. Um, I have a Pro Wrestling Tees account, but nobody ever buys anything off there. So if you want to check that out, feel free. Um, <laughs> and that's and that's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Aaron Williams, everybody. Yes, that is actually that is accurate. Um, if you do collar and elbow, I think I have a promo code there. It's baddest. If I still do, I might not. I'm not sure. It might be gone. Uh, I don't know. Uh, as far as plugs go, let's see. Obviously, uh, Rockstar Pro Wrestling every Wednesday in Dayton, Ohio, uh, first Friday of every month. They do a big event that is like their pay-per-view, um, which I guess you do pay-per-view it, but, you know, it's not really what it is. But, okay. Um, uh, let's see. What else do I got going on? I'll be in West Virginia for IWA East Coast this coming Saturday, wrestling Christian Cobain. Sean Spears is going to be there. So if you're in the West Virginia area and you want to be all about that, come see Sean Spears. Also, I'll be there kicking the crap out of Christian Cobain. Um, uh, let's see. What else do I got going on? Uh, making my debut at uh, Journey Pro in Kansas City uh, next Thursday. I mean, I could probably do this for a while. So let's just cut me <laughs> off. well once again Aaron uh, thank you for your time we appreciate it Uh, can't thank you enough thank you guys have a wonderful day no problem man this was awesome thank you guys very very much and you guys have a great day alright thanks Aaron alrighty and we're back Uh, you know gonna be the redundant pain in the ass that I am but can't thank Aaron enough for his time absolutely appreciate it as he was uh, driving out to the Rockstar Pro Show here this evening as we record this on Wednesday, October 16th, um, just, uh, you know, we, you know, have to, you know, recap some of the news of the, of the week. Um, the bad part about it, am I recording on Wednesdays is our hot takes are super cold and a week old, but hey, we'll try and see what we can do here. I'm going to start off with NXT because something that just immediately jumped out to me from that show, uh, was the opening match, and they now called it the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. Are so, you happy to see your favorite belt on NXT now? Well, so I, a few things based off this one, and this, this is pretty much the only thing I really have to talk about NXT other than just a few minor things, mm-hmm. is Leo Rush basically was kind of shitting on the company, gets at home, continues to shit on the company for a bit, and then goes radio silent, all about Sasha Banks. Right, and all of a sudden comes back and is now the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So, <laughs> is that all you got to do in WWE? Uh, Bitch like, and moan, and then you get to get your way? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, he's been blowing them up on every social media right. he has. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. He's just not saying a night. Was it a work then? Uh, who knows? I mean, I, just, I, I think it's a young kid 
and very disgruntled. Like. Right, and and it sounds like a lot of the older guys have tried to help, and sometimes he's been receptive, sometimes he's not. Um, for me, the big thing is, please get rid of the purple strap. I love the 205 Live brand. We've talked about it before. I 205 Live is probably one of my favorite shows because it's just wrestling for the most part. Uh, but that purple strap's got to go. I think what you need to be? Make it black. Don't make it yellow. Please don't make it yellow. Don't make it the NXT yellow. Just put it on black, and I think that silver will pop even more, and, and I'm good with it. Uh, for me, on my uh, you know on a personal note, some of my favorites. Uh, Team Kick is almost back to full strength as tonight Tegan Knox will return to action. Um, but on this week's episode, uh, I'm going to call her the Team Kick Bay because that's what she called herself for a while, and I don't even think Bay's a thing anymore. But Dakota Kai lost to Bianca Belair, and I'm really not sure why. Um, I, I think everything is setting up for Rhea Ripley to take the title off Shayna Baszler, and I hope so. And I'm quite fine with that. I, you it's know, time. We, we, you know, I think we've talked about enough how much I love Rhea Ripley. Um, well, I do but too. if NXT was telling stories properly, Dakota Kai is the person to take the title off Shayna, because Dakota Kai was the first person and pretty much only person to stand up to Shayna, and you know, uh, you would think that that's how you'd want to conclude a story is that the hero finally gets his vengeance and in this case her vengeance but it's WWE and, and they don't know how to tell stories but the match with Bianca um, just because it's one of the things that I, I get a kick out of and I appreciate um, love during the actual pinfall where they, they give life to each other the you know the thank you hand squeeze and good job hand squeeze hair you know, just a little touch there, so I, I appreciated that, and anything like that always pops me. Uh, next thing is uh, Brandy Loren appeared during the Brizango entrance, and there's nothing else to talk about. I just wanted to mention Brandy Loren. <laughs> uh, shout out to Mauro Ronaldo, who's always up on the pop culture references, but I, this, again, I'll, 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 I'll say it popped me in a big way. As Mauro Ranallo delivers the line, oh, was that the kill shot during Isaiah Swerve Scott's match? Or, yes, I was about to call him Strickland. Um, but I just enjoyed that. And again, nice nod to the wrestling geeks. And, um, and a little bit of NXT news. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart uh, got an NXT deal, so good for her. Uh, if anyone saw the Evolved, uh, Evolve 10th anniversary show on the network, um, she was the one taking that nasty chair. Yeah, you saw Shotzi and Brandy Loren have an ODQ match, and Shotzi just about destroyed herself. It hurt. Uh, trying to keep in a little bit of chronological order, uh, Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan is without a doubt the best heel in North America right now. End of story. Him spiking Melissa Santos this week. Um while I'm not a big fan of the intergender stuff, I, I, you know, I will support it. And when it's done like this, I, I appreciate it. So watch Impact because it's it's seriously becoming one of the better things out there. Um, He's going to beat Cage, right? I, I certainly hope so. I, w I would be... I was, yeah, I'm just not a huge Brian Cage guy. Neither am I. I wasn't really big on him in Lucha Underground. And I watched and, some of the stuff in like PWG and right. everywhere. I just like, I don't... Like, he doesn't grasp me. Like, dude, again, dude is hella talented for being as big and, and as thick as he is. It's just the whole, like, machine, and I just... Yeah, just not a, not just a, not not a big fan of it. No. Good, good for... Win the belt, Sammy. 
continuing to go in chronological order, uh, next thing we had was the WWE draft on Friday. Um, first, I can prove to Adam that I didn't watch the shows as they're still in my Hulu queue as being unwatched. Um, but all this does is just prove that uh, Vince McMahon, who thinks he knows sports, doesn't know sports because he doesn't know how an actual war room works. They apparently cut to all the war rooms for both, you know, USA and SmackDown, where the network executives are there, or USA and Fox, I should say, sorry. Uh, and everyone's on the phone trying to, you know, quote-unquote, orchestrate a deal. If you watch the NFL draft on NFL Network or ESPN, every time they cut to a war room, there's people just sitting in chairs, doing absolutely nothing other than watching the draft. One thing, I didn't really watch either. I just kind of watched stuff on Twitter. Mm-hmm. As the fees were coming in for who got picked, most of these guys are already on that show to begin with, is my thing. Yes. Oh my god, Seth Rollins shot to the Raw. He was already on fucking Raw. <laughs> Roman Reigns was after the SmackDown. He was, and they're jumping up and down like they just won the Super Bowl. They already had Roman Reigns. <laughs> and, and my biggest thing is if, if you're truly drafting for drafting purposes... Why aren't you trying to poach champions? Why are the champions your next day pick? That just makes no sense. Um, all the draft did was validate that the King of the Ring was a four-week tournament just so they could have a wrestler called Shorty Gable. Wasn't done to you know elevate Baron Corbin at all. They just want Shorty on there every week. So it, I'm going to touch on that here in a bit. Um, Moving over to, to Raw real quick, um, the only thing I have to say is, did Seth Rollins actually utter the words, burn it down, before he burned down the Firefly Funhouse? Well, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you watch it? No, that, that's what was on YouTube, so I don't know if YouTube edited, or they edited it for YouTube. But, I mean, I watched them beat them up. I didn't watch it all. But if, if your face of the company is burning shit down... Who's the heel and who's the face in that storyline? Well, that's what the someone said on Twitter to me. Was that a double turn? <laughs> it has to be. Like, well, I, Randy I, Orton burned down. Poor Bray Wyatt keeps getting mm -hmm. his compounds burned down. Yeah. Randy Orton did it a couple of years back. Poor sister Abigail. <laughs> oh boy! All right, and and so we're committing crimes. Our heroes are committing crimes. Correct. Guys. That that's arson's kind of the point. a felony, folks. Don't forget. That's kind of the point. Um, again, your good guy is doing that. So whatever. And you got to plug in, burn it down. You got to. It just makes sense. Just I don't know. Um, and the only bit of news, and and the least bit of shocking news ever. Eric Bischoff was relieved of his duties to the surprise of no one. Oh, I was uh, surprised. I, I don't know why, but I was just like, that's him last very long. Uh, <laughs> they just got on Fox. Like, what the right, heck? but SmackDown literally loses a million viewers from first week to second week. God, was it that many? Yes. Oh, so do, now, you know, do you think that's Eric and Vince not getting along? Or is that no, I think it was Eric being hired to be the fall guy and him full well knowing that he was going to be the fall guy and whatever. I'll get paid to be the fall guy and, and that's fine. Uh, so and, I think, and Vicky said to me over text, Pritchard's kind of that perfect Vince man, yes man. Yep, um, he'll, just, he'll just do what Vince wants and he'll be the next guy to fall on the sword when ratings tank again. And then the show's eventually moved to FS1 and just out of sight, out of mind. 
Uh, sticking to Raw, they were down to 2.2 million viewers, which is a, another new low. Uh, just for comparison, last year for the 2018 draft, they had 3.62 million viewers. And then the draft they did earlier this year, they had 2.67 million viewers. So even from earlier this year, you're down almost half a mil. Um, SmackDown was to down to 2.9 million viewers. And let's have some fun and enjoy some stuff. So we're going to stop talking about WWE and move on to King of Pro Wrestling, which happened uh, Monday morning, our time. Um, solid event, as always. Um, show favorite Lance Archer wins the vacated U.S. title as Moxley was not able to get through the Typhoons. There is no AEW versus New Japan Conspiracy, so if you think that, stop. Um, Will Ospreay and El Phantasmo had a banger of a match, and we pretty much locked down Kota Bushi taking on Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Uh, yesterday they had the press conference to pretty much confirm or lock that in, so we're set for night one at least. Uh, keeping with New Japan, uh, Super Junior Tag League started this morning. Um, that's right in my wheelhouse, so I'll be watching that hopefully some point over the next few days and who are you picking oh man i don't know like it's just oh god i don't even know um i mean try not to get into spoilers from today but i'm just gonna stick with bullet club continuing their run so give me phantasmo and taiji ishimori to win that um I would love for Sho and Yo to win, but I, I want Sho and Yo to be singles because I have a man crush on a young man named Sho Tanaka slash Sho and want to see him in singles and, and, and you know get pushed into the 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 junior title picture more than I would like to see him and Sho and or him and Yo continue to be a tag team. Both are both are good picks. Yeah, and continuing on to fun stuff, uh, let's talk numbers for AEW versus NXT. Uh, both were down as both were against the MLB playoffs. Understandable. Uh, AEW was down to 1.018 million, uh, which I believe was a 20%, 30% drop off for them. Uh, NXT was down about 100,000 viewers. They were just under 800. Uh, but the big thing is that AEW still doubled them in all the key demographics, where the only demographics that NXT won were dudes my age and older. And if you're winning the battle of 50-year-olds, you're not really winning the battle. Uh, again, for some super ice-cold takes from last week, but I think I called this one. Uh, uh, and AEW Dynamite led off with the Tag Team Tournament, and Private Party defeated the Young Bucks. Uh, as I've talked about, if you've followed being the Elite, you've, you've seen everybody getting all weird when they lose a match. Uh, so it'll be see interesting to see if the Young Bucks continue that. Um trend of you know of, of the top guys losing and going crazy after they lose a match uh, next match was Darby Allen defeating Jimmy Havoc to earn a title shot tonight so in a few hours we'll hopefully watch a fun match between Darby Allen and Chris Jericho uh, Philly Street fight right yep which she will cater to you know uh, Darby Allen's strengths and um, I'm going to talk Darby Allen and Chad Gable here in just a few seconds 
Uh, saw Britt Baker and Riho defeat B. Priestley and Amy Sakura. First time I ever saw Amy Sakura, but apparently, obviously, they they uh, talked up her being Riho's trainer. So, uh, you know, good uh, student passing the teacher moment there, maybe. Who knows? Uh, next, we saw John Moxley defeat Sean Spears. And then in the main event, the newly dubbed Inner Circle defeated Adam Page and Dustin Rhodes. And I don't think you're going to find a person who didn't think that the Chris Jericho promo earlier in the show was anything other than spectacular. Oh, it was he, the We the People stuff. Yes, he ended that We the People bullshit instantly. Yeah. If WWE would have done that with the CM Punk chant years ago, we wouldn't be hearing the CM Punk chant still. And we're still hearing the CM Punk chant six years later. Can I just talk about one thing with that sure. promo? What WWE? I'm looking at Jake Hager, mm -hmm. who's a freaking monster. Looking mm -hmm. at that guy, what the hell did they do wrong with him? <laughs> Am I right? Like that dude just looks like a savage, and it's awesome. Right. He to me, like it was again. It was. This is not an well, anti. The, book, the booking, obviously. Right, but, but it, it's it's the chance for a guy who knows his character to be himself. He wasn't scripted. He wasn't given bullet points. He was told to go out there and beat people up and sell, and so or sell tickets, I should say. And I'm talking about Jericho. Mm -hmm. So he he introduces you to Sammy Guevara. He introduces you to whatever they're going to call Santana and Ortiz. He talks up Jake. Hagar, and I love how they call him Hagar instead of Hager. You know, Let's say, I was going crazy. His name's keep, Hager, right? We think it's Hager, but maybe it's Hagar, or I think it's just Jericho giving a nod to Sammy Hagar and just, just being Jericho. Um, absolutely appreciated the Viva La Rasa yeah, message was, as, a, cool. as a nice little happy birthday to Eddie Guerrero. Um, but he he gave you the, you know, you know journalism class is going to come out in me now. He gave you the who, what, when, where, why, and how of that group in a two, well, I mean, it, it was longer than two minutes, but a, a two-minute window. And when he shut down that We The People chant, Hager didn't even flinch. Right. And so you, you <laughs> had kind of each of the guys, you know, when you talked about Sammy, you know, being, you know, the young guy. He's like, look how sexy he is. <laughs> right. Sammy got to play that up. He talked yeah. about, you know, Santana and Ortiz just being the, the I don't want to say savages because I hate that word, but just the crazy motherfuckers that they are. And then there's Jake Hager just sitting there just being the stone face yeah. killer. And if they keep that up and he just gets to be the stone face killer. Don't give him a mic. Really. And I mean. to me, you're you're not gonna need it. Let him just be the tough guy for Jericho and he doesn't have to talk when Let you him have be a, the muscle, right, You have a great mouthpiece in Jericho. He doesn't need to talk. Let him let him do what he excels at, you know. And we're gonna I'm gonna talk about that here with Alan and, and Chad Gable here in a minute. Let, highlight the positives. Don't hide the negatives. Right. You 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 want to hide those. Um, quickly, just touch on AEW Dark since it was obviously recorded the same night. Uh, Kenny Omega and Joey Janela in their unsanctioned fight. Holy cow! That was just. Banana, as always, you know, with, with no, not going ultra hardcore, but just some of the spots that they did, goodness. And then, um, 
Joey Janela, man, that guy is just crazy. bonkers. And one more thing, back to the Jericho, and I'll shut up about it. Mm-hmm. I like the props to him. You know, I talked about this. We talked about it a lot last week too. Is how he taking these guys under his wing, the young buck, not the young buck. But you know, I get the young mm-hmm. guys of the of the company, and I mean Hager's not young, but he's fresh to this crowd, and he's putting them all over like they're a million bucks. And this group, I I just want to know: is it long enough? Is he doing it just to like, oh, help get these guys over, or is this going to be like a long term like? Four horsemen to be together for four years. You know what I mean? Like you know what I'm saying? Like the, I mean, the good props part, to him for doing that right. with the young guys. But the good part about it is we we don't know. You know, this is this is all new, so we get to see and you know go along for the ride. And and hey, they made the they made the Pro Wrestling website shut down. So yes, literally, Jericho ends the promo and you know basically buy the shirt. And. I just, wanted, I just wanted to see what would happen, so I went to the website, and it just it crashed before I could even get there. So, and, and I mean, I literally was on the website two seconds after he said it, and so good for Jericho, good for Pro Wrestling Tees, good for AEWs. Make, make your money, do what you need to do. See what happens, people work together, see what happens. So, Darby Allen and Chad Gable. I'm going to use these two together to try to just continue my frustration with with one company. So you have one company that uses hype to tell a story, another company that uses hype to tell jokes. The entire time that Darby Allin has been in an AEW, not once have they used his hype as an excuse for anything. He wins, he loses, he draws, he does whatever. They have not used height to try to use that as a limitation. Torres, Chad Gable, you have an Olympic caliber wrestler. A man who could legitimately get in the ring and shoot on anyone in that company and twist them into knots, and he's a fucking punchline. During the draft, they literally announced Shorty Gable. And you wonder why people are tuning out I, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm at a loss that people just continue to defend and defend and defend and defend the WWE when all they do is insult your intelligence week in, week out. Why? Just baffling to me that you have a, you have a billion dollar company, you know, depending on the stock valuation that day. And this company wants to be nominated for Emmys for writing, and you tell hack short jokes. That's why you'll never win an Emmy. That's why people are tuning out. But back to positive news. And again, by the time everybody listens to this, the show will be over. Uh, but uh, Dynamite tonight uh, will have two matches to continue the tag team tournament. As Jurassic Express takes on the Lucha Brothers and Best Friends take on SCU. And to continue on the short thing, not once have they used Jungle Boy's height as a limitation. They, they, he's just a wrestler. If you make everyone a wrestler, you make everyone seem larger than life, even though he's five foot nothing, people are going to believe he's larger than life. I'm uh, going to see a tag team match with Adam Page and Kenny Omega taking on Pac and John Moxley. 
That should um, be good. Um, yeah, I think out of all the matches tonight, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, Riho is going to wrestle Britt Baker for the AEW Women's title. And once again, B Priestley, showing how unsafe she is, pretty much gave Britt Baker a black eye last week. So I can't wait for Sadie Gibbs to appear on AEW, which that's my only knock. How can we be the Sadie Gibbs standcast to AEW if you're not putting Sadie Gibbs on TV? We need Sadie Gibbs. And uh, as we, as uh, Adam noted, uh, Chris Jericho defends the AEW World Title tonight against Darby Allen in a Philadelphia street fight. But it's going to end in chaos. You know, what's right? Going to. It's going to end in you know a complete and total schmoz, and that's fine. But I guarantee you, they're not going to use Darby Allen being five foot nothing, a buck eighty at best, as a limitation of Darby Allen. Highlight the positives, ignore the negatives. And go from there. And on that note, I think I'm done. Um, you okay? You yeah. No. No. I uh, just I need more things like NWA Power. NWA Power once again delivered a solid show. And uh, and I'm going to steal somebody's tweet. And I, I wish I remember who it was so I'd give them credit. Um, after watching AEW Dark and NWA Power, I need all wrestling to be an hour and commercial free. And then I'm <laughs> like. Thought that was just perfect, and that's true. Um, you know, that, that's that's what TV needs to be. Just make it short and simple, just, just love, like that. I just that. love the setup and the studio vibe. Yep. Of, and then, I don't know. It's, it's cool to, that Billy Corgan is paying homage to the old school. Yep, can't knock that. All right, so Adam, I'll be back next week. I don't know. I forgot something. We're going to do. Hardest working man in podcasting may escort us another interview or two. Who knows? Um, Give Adam a follow. Keep getting up higher above me at Adam Howell, 3MB. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at 3MB Podcast. Uh, once again, follow uh, Aaron Williams at PlanetWilliams1 on Twitter. Don't follow me because it's just not worth it. Hunter and, LM. No, who cares? <laughs> uh, Adam, thanks for hanging out, man. Uh, yep, man.